Hey, and thanks for taking the time to listen with us here at Gospel Way as we seek to find rest in Christ. Please know that this is supplemental and does not replace your local church or the pastor that God has given to shepherd your soul. But it is our prayer that God will use these resources to bless you and point you to Jesus. To the book of John chapter number 17. The book of John chapter number 17. This prayer has three sections. Uh, within the study that we're looking at as we're going through John 17, we're actually going to look at four different aspects of this, and we've already covered two. We finished up with the second one last week. We've looked at so far, we've, we understand that we were saved in eternity. And we need to understand when we talk about or we use the phrase that we were saved in eternity we need to understand eternity has no time and that's where God dwells there is no time in eternity never has there never has been time with God God created time for us but with God there's never been time He's just always been and always will be. That's the reason that God can be in all places at all times because there is no time with Him. He is and He's everywhere. He is, but he is everywhere because He is. He, he is in everything and He's everywhere. What a God. And understanding that as we've looked at the prayer of Christ and as Christ prayed and looked at the fact that we were saved in eternity, God knew of our salvation before we ever breathed the words or ever began to believe. God knew about our salvation. And in His foreknowledge, and, and we need to understand something about the foreknowledge of God. And I, I'm trying to get into where we're going this morning. But understanding the foreknowledge of God, if God foreknew something, that something that God foreknew, if God foreknew it, it can never change. It is. It was and it will be. And that, that's hard for us to comprehend. But we understand that. And we understand that, and in understanding that, we understand that God is sovereign, and it is His sovereign grace that saved us. It is He that reached out to save us. It is He that chose us. It is He that brought salvation to us. So we understand that we were saved in eternity not only were we saved in eternity, we just finished up with the section dealing with or the subject that we were dealing with that we're safe. We're not only saved in eternity, but we're safe in the world. We're safe in the world first and foremost because we're His. And everything else that we looked at in that section of Scripture or in that section of study 
we find out that it all rests on the fact that we're safe in the world because we are His. That's what makes us safe. But what we want to begin looking at this morning, the Lord being our helper, is we want to begin looking at the third section or the third thought or prayer that Christ is praying in John chapter number 17. And that is that we are sanctified through truth. We're sanctified through truth. We've been covering the last little while. We've been covering verse number 6 down through verse number 19. This morning we want to key in on verse number 17 through verse number 19. And we're going to begin looking at being sanctified through truth. You and I are sanctified through His truth. And we're going to get into a lot of that. I don't want to, I don't want to get ahead of myself this morning. So let's just read the Scriptures. Verse number 17 down to verse number 19. The Bible tells us here in verse number 17... Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through thy truth. In reading that, I don't know whether that does for you what it did for me. I, I had, I have to confess to you, when, when I first began studying this and first started reading over this passage of Scripture, verse number 19, or actually verse number, yeah, verse number 19 posed a little bit of a problem for me. And that was what Christ said when he said, I sanctify myself. Because what we look at most of the time as sanctification is where the problem come with me thinking about Christ having to be sanctified. And we're going to get into a little bit of that as we go through this this morning. There's two, there's two parts to sanctification, if you will. And we need to understand what's being mentioned here. Because he said in verse number 17, he, he said, Sanctify them through thy truth. I don't have a problem with that. I understand that I need sanctification. I, I look at me, I know I'm a depraved creature, so I have no problem understanding I need to be sanctified. The problem I had is where Christ said, I sanctify myself. The problem was in the thinking of what sanctification is. And I want us to look at that and clarify what sanctification is this morning so we understand what's being talked about here. And for us to understand that, we need to understand there's two parts to sanctification. Where we have most of our problem in Christendom today is because 
we tend to lean on the first part and don't look at the second part. And we'll get into this. The first part of sanctification is to be set apart. It is, it, if you wanted to look at this sanctification and look at the two parts of sanctification, there is a negative part of sanctification and there's a positive part of sanctification. The negative part of sanctification is being set apart, being pulled away, being, and, and, and let me put it this way, and, and maybe we'll, we'll kind of get a grin out of this, but the word separation. That's where most of us tend to look at sanctification. It is being set apart. It is being separated. But the problem most people have with sanctification is they get hung up there. They get hung up with the separation. What did he tell us previously in this verse? What have we been looking at? That we are in the world, but we're not of the world. Why is it that there are organizations, there are groups of people, why is it that there are people that are mon, mona, let, me, let me see if I can say this word correctly. Uh, and I even wrote it out phonetically so I'd try to get it correct. Monasticism. It is, it, it is the tendency to do like monks do. If you want to look at it and, and just kind of tie that into the monks, what do they do? They pull themselves completely away. They're taking themselves out of the world they are setting themselves apart. They are giving up all their belongings. They're giving up everything there is. And they're, they're doing that with a mindset that that's going to get them closer to God. The problem is they're getting hung up on the first part of sanctification and they're not looking at the whole of sanctification. And they're not looking at what God's talking about when he says, sanctify them through thy truth. If we get stuck here, we have a great deal of problem. What good are we as saved children of God what good are we to this world if we become so separated from this world that this world looks at us strangely because, and, and please forgive me here, I, I heard something this past week. It just, it, it took me back to those old days of, of, of thinking, certain, uh, thinking a certain way. And it, it is not whether or not we spit white or dress right it, it is and all of those things come to play but that is not sanctification right. sanctification is not 
our efforts to gain the approval and acceptance of God. And in essence, that is what the first aspect, the first part of, the first division of the matter of sanctification, the first part of that is we think we have to do something in order for us to be sanctified. I want to stop and be very plain here this morning. Your salvation is of God, as is your sanctification. Your sanctification is not that you are doing better, that you have decided not to do or to do, as I reminded all of us this morning, and as I reminded myself, my very best is as filthy rags in the sight of God. My righteousness, my not doing, my not going a certain place, my not doing a certain thing, my doing something, or, 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 or all of this, if it is for the effort of sanctification, I've failed to see what sanctification truly is. And I've mixed up something very important. I've mixed up law and grace. And we need to understand that. We need to understand the difference that is there. And if we get stuck in that first part, we're in a great deal of trouble. But the second part of sanctification is you are set apart, but you're set apart devoted to the service of God. What did Christ, what was he accused of? Was he not accused of being friends of publicans and sinners? Because he sat down to eat with them. But Christ, you and I know, were, was perfect. He was pure. But yet he was, he was criticized and accused of being friends of publicans and sinners. And by the way, he was friend to publicans and sinners. <laughs> because he was reaching them with the gospel of his grace. So we need to understand the positive the positive side of sanctification is not being (coughs) separated from, but it's separated unto. And when Christ is praying for us in this prayer, He is praying, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. That's what He said. And that sanctification has to do with being Set apart, but set apart for the purpose of the service of God. Not being so taken out of the world that the world feels as though it cannot contact you. Christ was not that way. Everywhere he went, there were groves of people that came to hear him. It was not because of some dynamic speech but it was because of what he taught. It was the truth that he taught. 
And that's the way it should be in our lives as we understand. And look at this. It is vital that you and I get this right because of what I said in verse number 19. Because Christ made the statement, I sanctify myself. What was Christ talking about? He was not talking about purifying himself. And that's where we get a misunderstanding about sanctification. We think that sanctification is a matter of us purifying ourselves. But that's not what it's about. It's about us being an instrument that God can use to reach the world with his grace. It is... And, and, and by the way, and I've already said this, even in our willingness to allow God to use us, God is going to use us. Yes. If we're His children, He is going to use us. Yeah. Even in spite of us sometimes, God is going to use us. Yeah. What is He doing that for? He's doing that and we looked at Last week we looked at the fact that we are God's preachers. We are what God has left in the world to reach the world for the cause of Christ. And if that be the case, then God is going to use us, sometimes even in spite of us. Did the songwriter not say this morning, prone to wonder, prone to leave the God I love? Can I give you a little insight about that songwriter? He did walk away. He did leave. Even after writing this song, he stepped out and began doing what he wanted to do and was on a train ride from one place to another one and heard two ladies begin to sing this song. And the very words of the song that he wrote is what pricked his heart and brought him back in line with God. You and I, there are none of us, not one of us, because we are depraved creatures. There's not one of us that is just the the godliest thing you've ever seen. We're we're just not. Even in our goodness, we're a failure. And Christ reminds us of that so that we see that he is not. We may be a failure, but he is not. And what a blessing to understand that. He was not only referring to inward purification because he was already perfect. Both of these sanctifies or, or, or sanctifications, both of these parts are are intricate, but what we need to look at, what we need to understand is that second part. There's a lot in just this portion of Scripture that we're not going to try to flesh out this morning because we don't have time, but understand there's a lot in the fact of this matter of sanctification that we're looking at this morning. Just know this this morning as we look at the the few points that I have. Just look at this this morning and understand this. That sanctification is the work of God. It's not our work. It's His work. It's not our efforts. It's His efforts. 
It is God's work in us in its entirety. I'm not helping God to help me to be better. God is doing in me what God chooses to do in me. It is totally the work of God. Let me ask you this question, and I'll give you the points that I have this morning. The question is, in light of everything that we've looked at, in light of that, why did Christ pray, sanctify them through thy truth? Thy word is truth. The way for us to understand that, once again, is understanding what sanctification is. But I want to give you these things. I want us to understand, first of all, the matter of sanctification. What is the matter of sanctification? Why is Christ praying for us to be sanctified? The matter of sanctification is because it is the way in which you and I are being kept in this world. Did he not just get through telling us in scriptures before that that he, he prayed to the Father, keep them. He used that word several times, keep them. Sanctification is the, the avenue of our being kept. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that if Christ wasn't working sanctification in you, you weren't saved. But I am saying this, that Christ is keeping you from this world by working sanctification in you. He said they are in the world, but they're not of the world. So us being not of the world is a work of sanctification. The matter of sanctification is because that's the way we're being kept from the world and we're being kept from, what, what, what was the other prayer? He said, keep them from the world, but keep them from the evil or the evil one. That is our, that is our guard, if you will. The matter of sanctification, the matter of Christ working sanctification in us. The matter of Christ interjecting or, or placing in us His truth is that work of keeping us from the world while allowing us to be in the world. Just because we're in the world does not mean we're of the world. The problem, like I said, that we have is when we try to take ourselves out of the world... We become unreachable. We, come, we become unattainable by those that are our co-workers, our, those that we're around. God is not looking for a super spiritual Christian. God uses the ordinary everyday life of the Christian. God uses our failures to allow us to be attainable by those that are around us. Yeah. God uses our troubles, our difficulties to give us avenues to be able to deal with and to be able to talk to those that are around us. Yes. 
God uses those things in our life. So we have the matter of sanctification that God is using sanctification in our life. God is using that insertion of truth, that infusion of truth, if you will. God is using that in keeping us from the world. Not keeping us saved, keeping us from the world. Keeping us from the evil one. That is the reason that you don't do the things you used to do. You don't go the places you used to go. You don't do that in order to gain acceptance by God. You do that because God has accepted you. You do that because that is Christ working in you. You 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 listen to what you listen to, you read what you read, you do what you do. Why? Because it is Christ working in you. You don't do that to attain that, to to aspire to that. You do that because you already are. Not only do we look at the matter of sanctification, but I want us to consider the method of sanctification. How are we sanctified? Well, that's plain. I mean, it's it's right here in the verse. He said in verse number 17, sanctify them through what? Thy truth. Thy word is truth. What is the method of sanctification? It is the truth of God. It is the insertion of that truth. It is the infusion of that truth in our lives that works sanctification in us. It is... It is God who is opening our eyes to the truth of His Word. And as God opens our eyes to His truth, He is working sanctification in us. If I were sick, if I went to the hospital, my my fluid level was low, they're not going to get one of those bags down that they hang on the IV bag. They're not going to get that bag down and put a needle in my arm and somebody go up there and squeeze that bag. What do they do? It's a slow drip. It's the same way in our sanctification. God infuses in our life, a slow drip of truth. And over time, through that drip of truth, you and I are drawn closer and closer and closer to God through the work of the Holy Spirit. There again is not our work. We didn't do it. But God is not... God did not require us to know the whole word of God from front to back the first six weeks we were saved. We, we did not, we, we, don't, we don't stand before God every Monday that we come into class and have a pop quiz. God just uses his word here a little, there a little. Precept upon precept. He takes his truth 
And through his truth, he brings us a little closer and a little closer and a little closer to his glory. He does not bring us closer to him because we're as close to him as we're ever going to get. But he brings us closer and closer to his glory. Why? Because one day we are going to be like him. We know not yet what we shall be, but we know we shall be like him. God is working that in us progressively in our life. Not only do we look at the matter of salvation, the method of uh, sanctification, the method of sanctification, but the means of sanctification. And I've already iterated this. I've already looked at this or talked about this. The means of sanctification is the work of God. It's not our work. Christ did not pray here, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. He did not pray here, sanctify them through beating them into submission to do better. He said, sanctify them through thy truth. He was praying to the Father that the Father do the work of sanctification. It is not we who are doing the work of sanctification. It is the Father who is working sanctification in us. In light of that, I want to clarify something so that we understand some things. In light of the fact that it is God that is sanctifying us, in light of the fact that it, we are being sanctified through His truth, in light of the fact that that is His avenue, His mode of keeping us in this world, keeping us from the world but while allowing us to be in the world, in light of all of that, we as a church need to understand where we are as a church. What our responsibility is as a church. And I'm saying this for this reason. is because the vast majority of Christendom does not understand. The vast majority of churches do not understand what their initial responsibility is. We think our responsibility is the morals of our nation. It is not. That's not our responsibility. In fact, to be honest with you, our sole responsibility is to stand upon the purity of the gospel. And that alone. It is not our place to set the laws. It is not my place to even preach the laws. It is my place to preach the gospel. The gospel will change a person. I'm not so much concerned with less sin as I am with more holiness. And when we look at it from that perspective, we're not looking at 
preaching from the pulpit or teaching from whatever, we're not looking at that as this being, we've got to go out and change the world. We've got to preach the gospel. The gospel is that which will change a man, a woman, boy, or girl. It is not... It is not me standing here and, and, and harping Sunday after Sunday how abortion is wrong. It is not me standing here Sunday after Sunday and harping about how this is wrong or that's wrong or this is wrong or that's wrong. When we come across that, that sin that is spoken of in Scripture, yes, we are to preach that sin. But until then... We're preaching the gospel. And even in preaching that sin that Christ may mention, that the, the word of God may mention, even in preaching that, it is still our mandate to reach people with the gospel. It's not our mandate to change Washington. If we kept our... And, and I guess I guess the best way for me to say this, if we stayed in our lane like we were supposed to, a lot of things would have already happened because a lot of lives would have been changed. But instead of instead of our focus being solely on the gospel and people, individual people from our churches going into those offices, and governing our people the way that they see that the Bible says to govern, we've gotten more concerned with, we've got to change this law. We've got to pick at this line. We've got to do this or we've got to do that. Where we've missed what our mandate is. And our mandate is the gospel. It is to preach that Holiness that God has and let the truth of God's word do its work in the lives of men, women, boys, and girls. The gospel is not so concerned with removing the occasion for sin as the gospel is with removing the desire from that man to sin. It is not so much about we need to we need to get a stick of dynamite and blow this bad place up. It's Christ can change your heart. Christ can make a difference in your life. And when he makes that difference in your life, that place won't be frequented anymore. What I'm saying is this, we've missed what our mandate is. Our main concern is not so much to limit the power of evil as it is to increase the power of holiness among God's people. And when that's done, it'll take care of the other. And we don't, the the problem is, we don't need to get the mentality that we're going to do this so it does the other. We do this because this is what God told us to do. Will it take care of the other? Yes. But we don't do it for that purpose, that reason. We look at the holiness of God. We look at the fact that he said that we are to be holy as he is to be holy. 
So we, we, we look at that, and, and even if we're not careful, even in that very aspect, we think we're doing something when we're not. It is still the work of God. You and I need to understand that as we look at this, as we understand this, we don't need to we don't need to be so much as as pointing out the dangers of infection, if you will. Or or if you will maybe not so much concerned with removing the sores of infection as we need to build up through the Word of God the immunity to that infection and that infection being sin. God's truth will sanctify us. And if we do that, then our immunity comes through a continued, steady, drip of truth and through that alone there is no other avenue there is no other way you may ask the question how can I how can I not sin the truth of the word of God a steady diet of the truth of the word of God and where we even get messed up there is we think we've got to check off a box. I've read seven chapters today and I'm good. I've prayed for two hours and I'm good. Well, if you prayed for two hours, great, fabulous, but don't do it to check off a box. Right. Was I'm, I'm trying to remember the guy that uh, had the, the, the children's homes. No, not row off, but the, oh, further back. Uh, anyway, he 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 had someone tell him that he was too busy to pray, and and uh, the guy looked at him. He said, "I'm too busy not to pray." And I think it was Mueller or not George Mueller, uh, and he prayed that God would provide for those children's homes that God would take care of those children's homes and he his his idea was I'm I'm too busy not to pray and he would spend four and five hours in prayer but do you and I have to spend four and five hours in prayer we we seem to carry things to the extreme all the time we condemn ourselves if we haven't read seven chapters did you read a verse I guess what I'm saying, don't, don't be so quick to condemn yourself because you feel like you didn't do enough. And we always do that. But the truth is, we can never do enough. Be open to God taking His truth and saturating you with His truth. I would a whole lot rather read a verse and that verse stick with me all day long. And that verse began to penetrate my heart 
and that verse began to do a work in my heart than to read seven chapters so I can say I've read my Bible through this year. I'm not telling you not to read your Bible through in a year. I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you we, we've got the misunderstanding that we need to do this when what God is looking for is His truth to sanctify us. Not our checking off boxes. And if we do that and we, we, we open our minds to what being sanctified is, your, your being sanctified is the work of God. And we can't iterate that enough. It's the work of God. It's not our work. It's not what we do. It's not what we don't do. It's the work of God. And Christ prayed, Father, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So understanding that, allow God through his truth to build up in you an immunity to that disease of sin. To that to that dreadfulness of sin. Let God use that through even what we're doing this morning. This is what God has chosen to give His people the avenue to get that slow, steady drip of truth. And that's the reason we need to be concerned with that truth. But let's... let's let God do that in our lives and work that sanctification in us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for giving us the opportunity and the ability to be together this morning. We ask that you would do in our hearts what only you can do. I pray that you would work within us uh, that sanctification that you would have worked in us. Do in us what you would have to be done. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.